You're listening to The Loop, an audio series about the mud, microbes, and mammals in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm David Levin. Sometimes science can play a very important role in diplomacy. Geochemist David Hollander says that the only way to know how an oil spill will affect the entire Gulf of Mexico is to work with all the nations that touch it. Sometimes that means partnering with countries that haven't exactly been on good terms with the U.S. So how can science bridge the gap? Stay tuned. In Old Havana, music spills out of clubs and echoes across the streets as antique cars putter by. Many of them date back to the 1950s, to the Cuban Revolution. It's like the city stuck in time. But in the waters of the Gulf of Mexico surrounding Cuba, oil companies are looking decidedly to the future. They're drilling wells in deeper and deeper water off the southern U.S. and the Yucatan Peninsula. David Hollander thinks it may be a matter of time before another huge spill devastates the Gulf. And if that happens, Cuba will undoubtedly feel its effects. In the event of an oil spill, uh, oil doesn't know a northern boundary from a southern boundary or eastern or from a western boundary. There's a lot of connectivity within the regions of the Gulf and among the regions of the Gulf. And changes in one uh, location can lead to changes in another. Hollander is a geochemist at the University of South Florida. He leads a team of researchers called Sea Image that studies the long-term effects of oil spills in the Gulf. They're trying to figure out the best way to respond to the next big one. And that involves going beyond American shores and looking at how spills damage the Gulf as a whole. The team has already spent more than six years doing field work in U.S. waters. They've also partnered with the Mexican government to look at their oceans. But that adds up to only two-thirds of the Gulf. Steve Morawski says the last remaining piece is the water around Cuba. The northwest coast of Cuba is considered part of the Gulf of Mexico. And it's also an, a really important piece because it's a central um, location where water comes in through the channel between the Yucatan Peninsula and the west coast of Cuba, and water goes out between Cuba and Key West. And so if we want to know what goes in and what comes out and what, what stays in, then we have to um, have some information about Cuba itself. Murawski runs Sea Image along with Hollander. He says that all the water in the Gulf flows past Cuba at some point, but researchers still don't know much about the deep ocean that surrounds the island. After the Cuban Revolution, U.S. scientists were barred from working there, and scientists in Cuba haven't had access to the tools they need to study areas deeper than 200 feet. Just off the Cuban coast, the bottom drops down to more than 2,000 feet, and what happens there can have a huge impact on the rest of the Gulf. Cuba and, the, and South Florida are only separated by 90 miles. Um, if something disastrous happens there, if they have an accident, it's going to be in um, our waters sooner or later. If we have an accident, it's going to be in their waters. So we, we share this mutual um, concern for the impacts of a, uh, a particular catastrophic event. That sort of mutual interest inspired the Sea Image team to try something radical. They're launching a campaign to reach across political boundaries, and they're starting to work with Cuban scientists directly. After slogging through nearly a year of red tape, they're kicking off a series of research cruises from Havana. Hi, I'm Ben. In Havana's harbor, Cuban and American scientists meet for the first time on the Weatherbird 2, a U.S. research vessel. They're doing joint field work offshore along with a group of 18 students from all over Cuba. Together, they'll grab sediment samples from the deep ocean and gather fish living there as well. 
all to establish a baseline for the health of the region and to tease apart how it might be damaged in an oil spill. Murawski watches the group file on to the deck of the Weatherbird. A cruise like this hasn't been done in 50 years, and so I feel like we're all, like on the precipice of, of something new and exciting. So uh, uh, I'm really excited to go, and hopefully, you know, this will be a sign of uh, continued cooperation and, and more normal, you know, scientific relationships. For me, it's a great experience. I, I have uh, 20 years of experience working in the sea, but never have I been able to go out from the uh, border. It's like an empty, empty page that we have to fill. This is Michael Armenteros, an oceanographer at the University of Havana. He's leading the Cuban side of the collaboration. And for him, the work comes with a certain amount of urgency. Mainly because we have a really uh, critical areas in Cuba uh, that can be really damaged with the oil spill, like, uh, for instance, touristic facilities, hotels, marinas, and also big cities like Havana that is facing the Gulf of Mexico. He says that any spill that reaches both the Cuban and the U.S. coastlines would devastate tourism, the economy, and marine life. And since both nations rely heavily on the Gulf's fisheries, it could impact an entire seafood industry. You know, we share so many things. Again, Steve Morawski. Um, it's very likely that Cuba is the source of a lot of the um, larvae for spiny lobsters, for example, that occur in the Florida Keys. Likewise, um, species like tarpon and bonefish that are very important to the fisheries of South Florida may have their origin in Cuba as well. And so that's why we're very interested in understanding the interrelationships, in particular between South Florida, the Cuban coast, and the Yucatan, which are all relatively close together. As oil exploration grows in the Gulf, it'll be especially important to have international partnerships like this one. David Hollander says that working with experienced Cuban scientists makes it suddenly possible to dig into big questions from two sides at once. In spite of their, the limitations that they have for the purchasing of equipment, these are very smart, very uh, poised, very mature uh, scientists. I would say if we didn't have these kind of strong partnerships, uh, the science would uh, not be nearly as comprehensive as it is. I think this is a vital to manage the, the Gulf of Mexico as a resource for all of us. The team plans to continue these cruises throughout 2018. In the process, they're hoping this type of science diplomacy can bring all three Gulf nations closer together and help protect the marine ecosystem they all share. For The Loop, I'm David Levin. Funding for The Loop and for Sea Image is provided by grants from BP and the Gulf of Mexico Research Initiative. The Loop is a production of the University of South Florida.